0: <clears throat> Let's clear our throats for a second, huh? <clears throat> <clears throat>
1: <clears throat>
0: <clears throat> Bl- blow some of that dust off the mic. Oh, you know, get this get this studio cleaned up. These All right, it's been a while. Yeah.
2: Welcome, welcome, welcome to Redundant, the totally original Green Day podcast
0: the totally original Green Day podcast called Redundant. Welcome back.
2: It's uh, We've been gone It, it feels second. like eons, I'd say, but I, I, I've been told it's only been about two or three weeks or so.
0: Feels like 2,000 light years to me, but it has only been a, a simple fortnight. Not mm-hmm. the video game, the amount of time, you dunce, it's been two God. weeks. Uh, we took an extra week for ourselves, a sabbatical, um, but that's because we're back, we're fierce, we're ready to take on 2020. I of course am Chris Brady Denton co-host of this here redundant the totally original Green Day podcast. Um as I power into 2020, I am uh, steadfastly a devout Green Day fan. Of course I must introduce the other co-host. You can't have one co-host without another co-host. And it's, it's the co-host with the mo-host. This is Colin
2: Brady. Oh. So sweet of you, Chris. Thank you. I I am a, another Green Day fan. I have been listening to this fantastic band for millennia, it seems. Although I've been told it's been about ten years, and uh, I'm just super excited to be back here with y'all. Well, if you if
0: you heard a track of Green Days in the '90s and you're still listening to them, you've listened. I mean, if you even listened to them anytime time during the 2000s, you've listened to Green Day across millennia. Exactly. So in, a, in is, a way, we, we all that have. is
2: I, that's so true. Thank you for putting thank yeah. you for putting that way. Yeah. So we actually that's actually that true.
0: Now. We have been listening yeah. to Green Day across millennia. Across millennia, yeah, that's the key word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, across, uh, not through. Um, so <laughs> there's a there's a lot to get to today. We are of course talking about the. This is a perfect time. It is of course the new year. January 2020, and it's time to talk about one of Green Day's biggest accomplishments, its 21st century breakdown. I, when I say biggest, I mean largest. It is a long mm-hmm. album, so we're going to have to get through some stuff because so much has happened. Uh, first, yeah. though, let's check in real fast. Holidays did happen. Uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask. I, again, we are cleaning up studio here. We, we try our best to be professional in sound like we're in the same podcast studio and i know mm-hmm, it does mm-hmm. we succeeded this but believe it or not we're, we're not we are actually uh, light years away from each other uh i, I gotta catch it's up with my cousin here um yeah my sweet cousin and co-host how are things in seattle
2: oh thank you for asking chris i uh things are great things are great my uh my parents came up for christmas and we went we went skiing and it was fantastic you know i know that sounds boring to you but you know was, I wasn't, again, was you know, I have respect <laughs> for your
0: family. I was just going to let it happen.
2: That's what I was thinking.
0: Colin, I wanted to ask real fast. Did you have any New Year's resolutions in
2: 2020? Oh, you know, that is a great question. And I feel kind of guilty saying this, but I'll admit it. I'll admit it on Mike. I uh, I typically keep my vices to uh, a minimum in January. I usually go sober. But I planned a major skiing trip this this month with my friends. And so I decided to postpone till February. And I know that sounds like I'm just doing February because it's only 28 days. But I swear, I swear that's what I'm doing. <laughs> it just happened
0: to be the next month.
2: It just happened to be the next month. As a side note, too, I'm hoping to get some Hell Omega Tour tickets, which I'm sure is what you were driving at.
0: Oh, that is a good New Year's resolution. <laughs> That's a very good one yeah. no I would I I will say to your credit, I think you're very impressive with the sober months the the sober October it was the typical one but you'll take odd months off um and you really <laughs> do it it's not I don't anyone oh no the next month, next month no you actually do do it and it's, it is very impressive so uh <laughs> have fun on your ski it. trip be safe and then yeah, let's make it to February. And anyway, well,
2: Chris, um, <laughs> I, I gotta, I gotta return the question. It sounds like you got, you probably got something up your sleeve as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, I have a lot of like personal aspirations, which aren't real New Year's goals. So I have a lot oh, of things. but I, you need, you, you
2: need something hard like that. You can exactly, reach. You can I agree. Contain, and know? it's so
0: hard because I, I've kind of, again, I've been viewing like, I've still been in vacation mode after uh, New Year's. But I really need to get back in the habit of jogging every day. That's been the one mm. I've been trying to do. And I, you're, you're always in such you always run so easily you're in good shape i gotta ask how do you how do you keep running every day how do you Uh, keep that up
2: it sucks i don't i don't know like i hate it because i have to wake up before it's light out and then i i have to run and it's so cold this time of year too but so I don't know what to tell you. I'm <laughs> really convincing. Yeah, that was not the it advice i looking for. It is what it is. Yeah, no, it's like, I'll, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. Is like the first couple of weeks after I haven't been running for a while, it sucks a lot more. Like mm-hmm. I will say it gets a lot easier once you've done it consistently for like, I'd say two weeks, you know? Yeah. For some reason I, your I body gets like a that. lot more used to it, you know? Yeah. You get into a routine or whatever. It is nice to hear but. from someone who is a, you were a
0: track runner and is very fit and can run distances more than I can it is nice to hear that it sucks no matter how good a shape you're in
2: it's just oh, kind yeah, of like yeah. oh
0: yeah this is a bummer but I have to do it I believe that's called discipline
2: yeah but it's day-to-day too you know like some days you'll have a really great run and you don't know why like you just were in the mode for it that day you went a really long ways it felt great and then other days you'll go like nowhere and it will feel exhausting and you'll just hate it but
0: I don't know well here's to 2020 going somewhere huh yeah, let's hope Amen. so. Amen. Yeah, not, not, and not World War Three. Uh, yeah, not there. Uh, <laughs> Gotta stay optimistic. But I enough say. of this crazy real world. The whole no one wants to hear about this. We want to hear about Green Day, our GD guys, the mm-hmm. Oakland trio, our Boys in Black, and Red. We got to keep up with this Green Day news. <laughs>
1: mm.
0: Now we just got to There's rush through this. Of it. There's so much to get through. Yeah. We just got to like fly uh yeah so i'm just going to start devouring it right here basically uh in case you didn't catch it green day played as we were talking about at green day rock and new year's eve uh they played when i come around great song great song did you see the performance colin
2: I did, I did. It was okay. It was a bit subdued, I would say, on their part. I mean, the audience was loving it, but they're pretty. Yeah,
0: well, it's like it is. It's that I think of Friends. Uh, you know that I don't know if anyone's seen that episode of Friends where they're being paid to to dance for the New Year's Rock and Eve show, and it's like pre-taped and everything. That's very much. That's what the sequence was, and so it's a bunch of attractive (laughs) people they they put in front to like look like they're having a good time, even though none of them know the words, and (laughs) and you know, and like look, it's a pre-taped event.
2: That makes the whole thing seem much worse to me. That's that's yeah, it's
0: disingenuous, you know, to the max. And and I think mm-hmm. you can tell, like in Green Day's performance, I just thought they looked kind of bored. Uh, yeah, just kind of yeah. going through. It sounded fine, you know. Yeah, I, I, it sounded better than Game Awards, that's for sure. But like they, uh, yeah, yeah, I think it was just by the, by
2: the book's performance yeah. there. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Um, but but and I I think they played Father of All as well, and it was sort of the same story. Oh yeah, and yeah, we've seen them do that a, a bunch this year.
0: Mm-hmm. What what BJA was actually getting up to on New Year's Eve was a lot more lively. Um, the long shot Billy Joe Armstrong side project that is one of the only ones mm-hmm. of his that actually does not involve Mike and Trey. It involves uh, some of the guys from Prima Donna who are also involved in Foxborough mm-hmm. Hot Tubs, but but no right. one from Green I, Day besides Billy. Um, oh, I
2: thought it was uh, Jason. Isn't Jason White? In oh, pardon me. That?
0: You're right. I think Jason White might be involved. Uh, okay. For some, but you remember guess, he's not official I guess Green he's Day not, anymore. So. not
2: official, yeah, that's right. Yeah, whatever.
0: No, yeah, you, you anyway. good call there. Yeah, so my bad. Yeah, but Billy's by far like he's he's the band leader. Uh, this is his group where I think he can just do whatever he wants. Um, yeah. yeah, but the long shot Green Day's or sorry, <laughs> the long shot Billy's side project played in Oakland on New Year's Eve, a New Year's Eve show at a mm-hmm. small club, and I saw. Some of the footage and that looks like the real fun show you'd want to be
2: at. That's exactly how I felt. Watching those two videos side by side was just bizarre. He looks like he's having so much more fun. Everyone's having so much more fun at that one.
0: Right? Like you can tell when Billy's yeah. like in and feeling the performance. And uh there's this video here of the long shot actually playing a green day song fell for you. Uh off mm-hmm. of the the trio there. I believe that's off of Uno and And you know, I'm not necessarily crazy about that song, but seeing him play it live with the long shot and bringing in 2020 gave it some more context it, It's a fun performance, yeah, for sure yeah
2: it was yeah, I was surprised I, I really enjoyed it. It was never a standout track to me in, in the past yeah, but excellent,
0: but just cool that the long shot is he's like <laughs> acknowledging the green Day set list
2: and um, yeah. even while playing with the long shot, yeah, and there were a ton of covers that looked like in the set list, like from all sorts of all sorts of classics it looked like. Oh, what did you see? Let's see, Ramones replacements, Green Day, David Bowie. Oh man, um, yeah. So some good stuff. The oh, Heartbreakers.
0: That sounds like an awesome set. That yeah, sounds I bet fantastic. That'd be that's fun. that's the way. That's how I wish my New Year's had gone with Billy Joe. I know. That's cool. I know. One day, one, one day, perhaps. Wow, one day, perhaps. Next thing, uh, this is uh, Kerrang came out with an article interviewing the guys, uh, talking in, more in depth about the upcoming album i'm sure we'll get more into I'll, I'll pull quotes from that later as we get closer to father of all and, and maybe even mm-hmm. as we talk about the album itself but that that's of interest mm-hmm. if anyone sees it but that's a that's a full feature piece yeah yeah interesting stuff a little bit what was this last thing
2: you, you saw i actually didn't know this story oh, this is this is very silly i uh apparently this kid the 17 year old kid uh threw a punk show at a denny's and it got really wild and first of all, I don't know why they're throwing a punk show to Denny's, but anyway, um, there's like eighteen hundred dollars in damage, and so the boys, the GD boys, uh, pitched him two K to cover the damages. Dang, yeah,
0: that's—I mean, so. that's, that's like nothing to them, but that's still cool.
2: Yeah, I know, sort of a cute little story. I thought,
0: who's playing a punk show in Denny's? What? That Denny's is awfully cool.
2: I know, that's what I was saying.
0: I've been to a lot of Denny's, and and not once did I ever feel like a punk show was about to break out.
2: No, no, but if there was, I think it would make the experience a lot better. A lot of Denny's. Man, eating your (laughs) flapjacks. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Watching the mosh pit, I don't know. That's exactly right, Yeah. 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 Or some
0: syrup, like, you know, over your head.
2: Mm-hmm, crazy, mm-hmm. crazy shit. God, bad. that would suck to clean up. <laughs> was so lame. I
0: couldn't think of a badass thing to do with syrup.
2: <laughs> Pour it on your head. Uh...
0: <laughs> so that, yeah, that's there's a lot. There's more coming, um, but you know, we just got to get, we got to keep moving because uh, we got to get moving on to 21st century breakdown. Uh, before we go improper, we're gonna do uh, one of our favorites. It's a little segment called "Where Were You."
1: where were
0: you and this is our 2009 edition of where were you um i'm gonna pose the question to my co-host with the mo host here uh colin brady Mm -hmm. in 2009 when 21st century breakdown came out where were you
2: i think uh 2009 was was my freshman year of high school i believe um so I think I remember downloading the album on iTunes and like trying to get my friends into it. And this was like, I think we've said this before, but this was like the first time I was like a sentient Green Day fan when yes, an album came out, definitely. you know, which is an exciting time to, to, to be alive. Of course. <laughs> it really is, um, though. <laughs> yes, it is. It is. And uh, one of my good friends, actually, his name is Christian and tried to like, you know, convince him because one of the characters in this album is his name is Christian. That's right. tried to get him into it because of that which was lame of course and didn't work but just remember that. Anyway, so yeah, I just I just got very into this. That's so funny.
0: Hey, you have, you two have the same name.
2: You would like each other, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You would you would love this this fictional character. Yeah, he's named anyway. it like you. <laughs> yeah yeah so
0: and you were, anyway, were yeah i were you in middle school at this time or high school yet or? uh
2: high school i think freshman year of high school i'm pretty sure okay yeah because i
0: was gonna say yeah, yeah. i think i was sophomore in high school so that
2: makes yeah, sense. yeah so that would make sense yeah 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 and i was just i was just super hyped for the album to come out and uh i'll share my my thoughts about the album later on i think but yeah chris how about you Where, how did you get a get your hands on this album I got my hands on it in so
0: many ways shapes and forms. Uh, yeah, as you said, like the it's the it is a big deal cuz now it's like I've yeah. been milking American idiot for like 4 years essentially. I know. Um, you're desperate for something. you yeah. are. And like the and in the 4 years like the tide has kind of turned on Green Day a little bit. People are yeah, much it's true. more willing to be like, "Oh, your favorite band's Green Day." Like, "Oh, it's so quote-unquote cool of you." And you're like, "Oh, you hey, uh, you don't get me. I don't shop at Hot Topic. I just like Green Day, and so th- yeah, th- this was a big time for them to prove themselves. I think mm-hmm. My, I was hell mm-hmm. on convincing everyone that like this was the album. This was the album of the twenty first century. Um, yeah. So I just yeah. yeah, I remember the day before it came out. Go the at midnight the iTunes. Uh, previews got uploaded so I remember staying up late listening to all the 30 second clips of each song over and over and over Yeah, so <laughs> I think excited I did the same thing, for actually. when I could yeah. download it but then I wanted it hard copy so after school the next day the day it came out I had my mom mm-hmm. drive me to Target because I didn't have my license yet mm-hmm. to pick up the CD and there was a ton of them there at Target and I was like I didn't understand I was like where is well, everybody was it, like, sold out or yeah what? where's <laughs> the line I was worried I was going to get here too late
2: that's hilarious. And
0: That's then, hilarious. literally, I I downloaded it to my iTunes, and I put it. I ha, I used to have this uh, iPod Shuffle. I don't know, for the, anyone remember the original iPod Shuffle, which was just essentially oh, like yeah. a, a four hundred and fifteen like megabyte like you know USB stick essentially with buttons yeah, on it. Yeah. And yeah, it can only hold like one, two, three albums. Really small. Mm-hmm. I. All, i i literally i put one album on it i put twenty first century breakdown I carried that iPod shuffle around with me I would say for the next three months like oh listening only to twenty first century breakdown <laughs> on repeat all my classes all my weekends I would just iPod shuffle so this album got cooked in there real good and uh and then later my mom i think she also my my sweet your sweet aunt Tricia, my sweet mom i think gave you and me both uh twenty-first century breakdown on record.
2: Yes. One Christmas I had that. And that was yeah, the first
0: yeah. record that was mine that I owned. Uh oh, on that, vinyl. I didn't
2: realize that. Wow, cool. Yeah, because yeah. I had
0: some older ones from my my mom, but I didn't have one that was like my and then, you know, that's that yeah. that was it. So I think very fondly of this
2: for that reason as well. Mm-hmm. That was a great gift. Yeah. Yeah. I was really stoked about that. And then we went to the tour too, um, not too long after that.
0: That's right. This is the one that we saw them on tour, the Last Night on Earth tour, down in San Diego. Yeah, in San Diego, that was a fantastic show. It was. We missed the opener, Franz Ferdinand, because I was in a play and I didn't get out early enough. But uh, so that was. I, but but it didn't matter because then we saw Green Day. It's all good. That's all good. And, yeah. Oh man, that yeah. I remember your dad saying, "Wow, Colin," because this was like our first real proper concert, like big yeah. arena yeah, yeah, rock yeah, yeah. concert. And he's like, wow, Colin, uh, that's going to be, I can't believe this is your first concert. This is going to be hard to top. Yeah. And like, I didn't.
2: <laughs> I was, I was just such a funny thing to hear. And like, he's right. Like, since I went to that show, like, I've been to a lot of pretty good shows. But honestly, it's hard to say that anyone, any one of them has been like a better show. Like, maybe bands I've liked slightly more. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, that show itself was fantastic. No, I, I will. Such exactly. great, like, audience connection, you know? Yeah.
0: And that's the thing, you you think, oh, does, because you get it so into Green Day, you're like, oh, every every band is like this, every rock concert's like this.
2: Oh, no, yeah. You know,
0: and that's what your dad meant, was like, oh, boy,
2: uh, it's
0: not everything is good as it and I didn't realize, like, I, always, I think I was largely spoiled by having Green Day as my first, like, live band experience, yeah. through Bolt and a Bible, and then through seeing them actually live. Yeah, You exactly. get this, they're just masterful performers. Mm-hmm, uh hmm and that's why when they do things like the Rock and New Year's Eve and it's just like fine, you can just tell they're kind they're of kind of underwhelmed. He's like not yeah. going the extra mile that, you know, he can uh, exactly. when he's excited, you know, because they're just yeah. they are such he's just a magnetic front man. So, yeah, he's a hype beast. Oh, he's he's a he is such a hype beast. He woke up in beast mode <laughs> and and so thank you, Green Day and Billy Joe for giving us. I mean, one of my fondest memories, certainly is a, and probably the best concert i've ever been to. Yeah, i yeah. think i think that's probably true. Cuz i've seen them since, but there's something so magical about your first time. True. Let's, fond memories. Fond memories. memories. But yeah. Memories Let's uh on <laughs> in the moonlight. Enough of enough of our memories. Let's talk about the album of the week in earnest. This is 21st Century
2: Breakdown. Uh, released on May fifteenth, two thousand nine, but they commenced work on this album pretty early, January two thousand six, and Billy Joe said he wrote it says forty five songs um, by October two thousand seven, but the band members did not even like enter the studio to record until uh, two thousand eight in January. So there is like these long gaps in time between uh, the different different uh, steps in the recording process
0: and 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 there's some i mean I, the, yeah that's certainly taking their time they certainly could afford to after the american idiot wave. yeah, um, yeah. you know they're still i they're still riding the you know kind of popularity of their singles in 2006 even you know uh mm-hmm. so armstrong stated that I, I want to dig into who i am and what i'm feeling at this moment which is middle aged and kind of talking about the forty-five songs that he'd written, and, they, and he actually wrote them on piano rather than guitar, which is what he's always yeah, done. Yeah, that was this
2: point. Super interesting to hear. And, actually, and, and it, you can definitely tell while you're listening to the album. You in a, in a certainly very cool way. can.
0: And it, and it, yeah. That's a middle-aged sentence if I ever heard one. Uh, that's a punk <laughs> growing is. up, right? He's like, hey, I had to learn piano, <laughs> and, and and the piano sounds great.
2: Yeah, it does. But I, I don't think he. Uh, I think I read somewhere that he doesn't know how to read sheet music. So, I guess when he was playing piano, he was just kind of winging it. Is that do you know if that's true?
0: I mean, I'm pretty, yes, I know he doesn't know how to read sheet music. And Paul McCartney, you know, claims he doesn't know how to read sheet music. And Mm -hmm. a lot of people are like, Yeah, I'm sure Paul knows now, but he he said, when uh, certainly at the time of the Beatles, he didn't know. Um, interesting, and yeah, yeah, you just kind of play what feels right. And again, I'm sure Billy knows chord structure and music theory, you know, like he's, yeah, so. I think just being a good musician helps you adopt new instruments much faster, just because you can yeah, figure it yeah, out—the course. The, the kind right. of the ropes of it, or the strings yeah. of it, as it were. And <laughs> this is interesting. This is a little bit of a uh, a switch up during the recording process, uh, which started in 2008 uh, for 21st Century. They actually turned to not. <laughs> Not him, not Rob Cavallo. They turned to a producer, Butch Vig, who is a super producer, very famous and alternative in rock circles. Uh, You know, obviously most known for producing Nirvana's album, Nevermind, which is one of the biggest rock albums of all time, whether you like it or not. And uh, from (laughs) Seattle. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. All right, Seattle. And... um, (laughs) And and cool little <laughs> side note about Butch Vig, actually, is uh, at my last retail job, I actually met him.
1: Oh, really? He was, cool. What's he, he like? was
0: the, I, there was like a lot of like kind of celebrity types who would come in and would just check, you know, I'm just, they're cashier, it's no big deal. But, there and I would, I would, I'm always chill, that's, you know, you just, who cares? Oh, but of course, There's yeah. only one celebrity that I actually freaked out at, and it was Butch Vig. And I was typing in his name, I was uh, typing up a shipping label for him. And he said, "I know, so I just get their information to type in. I was like, "Uh, last name? He said, Vig. And I go, Vig. And then I go, in my mind, I just go, oh, God, I only know one person whose last name is Vig. (laughs) And I think I know what the first name is. And I was like, first name? Like, knowing what was coming? And he said, Butch. And I went, oh, my gosh, of course I know you. You're a very famous producer. It's an honor, sir. That's what I said to this man. Like, your cashier said this to him. Jesus. Yeah, I said, "Oh my gosh! Oh God, you're I know you. You're a very famous producer. Uh, it's an honor, sir." And I and then I keep typing away his label. Did it
2: look like he appreciated it, or is he kind of like
0: over and it? He actually like laughed, and he was like really cool. And and he's like, "Oh yeah, oh, okay, good." He's like, "Yeah, oh yeah, thanks, man." Um, see that like point of the pack I'm actually shipping some records to some guys in Europe and he started like talking to me about like he actually took it really well which he That's didn't so have sick. to oh my but God. he actually wow. yeah. my dorkiness humanized him because I was just like dude you did 21st century breakdown like I know you <laughs> like, I don't care about never mind I care about 21st <laughs> century breakdown <laughs> Um. Uh,
2: well do you know like what other like records he's done because I know he's famous but I don't even know what else he's like really even done
0: Oh, so he did a lot of work for Garbage, the band Garbage. Oh yeah,
2: okay. Uh, so a lot of like grungy bands. It sounds yeah. Like. So
0: he's worked with uh, Spooner, Garbage. Oh, huh. a lot of a lot of bands. I actually don't know because again, I am an American idiot. Green Day fan, don't know much. <laughs> he did Sonic Youth, Smashing Pumpkins, AFI, Against Me, Jimmy World. Hmm. Uh, okay. Yeah. Never Shout Never. Foo Fighters. Uh, Silver Sun Pickups.
2: Okay. Too chill. Yeah. Yeah, so
0: he's he's like covered the spectrum of, uh, I'd say you know the last generation of alternative
2: rock. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, like, anyway, it's, it's so and, and
0: and he seems like a solid shit. So shout out to Butch Vig, mm-hmm. thanks, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so and and kind of a cool thing. Uh, th- this album was recorded over a long period of time and recorded in four different studios mm-hmm. across California while the band were recording in Hollywood, they actually bought cheap turntables from amoeba music cliche and listened to a lot of records for inspiration. And you can kind of hear this as in the album as you listen to the beat and the plimsolls and uh, the, the kinks as always remain an influence. So it's taking all these uh, kind of classic rock and Americana elements and uh as we've seen, Green Day has been slowly transitioning from punk band to classic rock band. Um, mm-hmm. And and while, I mean, to punctuate that perfectly, uh, Armstrong actually worked on a cover of The Who's 1966 mini opera, A Quick One While He's Away, and Green Day recorded a full version of it during their album session. So they were actually, like, covering The Who and, y- you know... There's no way and that just that like, didn't influence their work, especially, I think, in the yeah. opening tracks.
2: Of course, yeah. And it, it sounds like... Were they just doing that for fun, basically? They just like kind of felt like doing all these covers and stuff? Again, I think so. I remember on... On the iTunes album, um, you got all these like bonus tracks and shit, and there is a bunch of different covers from like all sorts of classic oh, rock bands. Cool. I, I remember just loving that. Yeah, it was it was really cool. Well, that must be it because I think they just sen- essentially had
0: so much money they could spend as much money as they wanted on this album and take as much time as they wanted. Right. And so they, yeah, I mean they we, they did the Foxborough hot tubs during this time. You, you know, that's no right, doubt using right. the same yeah. money. So this is all. Mm-hmm. The excess of rock stardom, but also in studio, which is kind of fun, yeah. and this album, I think, yeah. is largely a reflection of that um just in its length, I agree, and scope,
2: yeah. it's it's so long. It's like so um, what's the word ambitious, I guess yeah, very and and like, Like, extremely produced. Like, I don't know. Maybe too much. We'll we'll get into that, I suppose. Yes, we certainly uh, will. Very produced. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Last thing on the recording here, which the only thing I thought was interesting here, was that Armstrong... uh, Why am I calling him that? Billy Joe, my guy, BJA. But he did not
2: want to share his... Lyrics with the guy. I found this Mike and Trey. very interesting. Yeah, this sounds like it would have caused some serious friction.
0: I remember reading this in Rolling Stone when I was uh, when when they were on the cover for this album. Um, mm-hmm. About that, he was intentionally mixing his lyrics really low in the demo mixes, so that they couldn't hear him and couldn't distinguish what the lyrics were. And it, it kind of goes back to that trust stuff that we were talking about. American Idiot it was like, dude, you got to trust us with your I your know. lyrics. We're we're partners.
2: I thought they got past that, I
0: anyways. know so so Billy's really stewing in a lot of these thoughts, not able to bounce back with anyone, which i th- I think also might can you can kind of see is maybe reflected in this album and its lyrics, yeah, I think so, and so finally, apparently, Billy just sat down and read the lyrics to to Butch Vig Trey cool, and Mike Dert one day in studio and just read them the entire you know it's supposed to be kind of a concept album, the entire story, mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, and then they went from there. But yeah, it doesn't seem like Trey or Mike had any input,
2: uh, on that. I know, and that's, yeah, it's, it's a shame to hear. Cause it seems like something they dealt with before, like we were saying, and, uh, should have been past it, but I don't know. You know, it, it kind of makes sense. Like you were saying that, that these were super personal lyrics.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And Billy does say this was his most personal album that he's written. Mm-hmm, so, yeah. And, and, and kind of on, on, on to the topics of the album, uh, as we kind of mentioned 21st century breakdown is a like semi rock opera it is you know yeah kind of, not
2: not as not as obvious of a storyline right think, as definitely Idiot, and it's, it's kind of in the shadow of, of American
0: Idiot which obviously 2004 was a you know a concept album and and did at least you know have some form of narrative um yeah and and Billy said that the album was a snapshot of the era in which we live as we question and try to make sense of the selfish, of their selfish manipulation going on around us, whether it be the government, <laughs> religion, media, or frankly, any form of authority. Authority. So, you know, you could say very paranoid thoughts, but at the same time, you know, these are uh, very real issues that we're still f- struggling with today. Yeah. Uh, I think you could, you could argue it's accurate. Yes. To some degree. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, it's 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 broken into three acts. This album to kind of, you know, it's it is uh, written like an opera in that way. Mm -hmm. Um, Act one and we'll be going through them is uh, Heroes and Cons. The second act is Charlatans and Saints. And the third is Horseshoes and Hand Grenades. With this, I guess the characters set in Detroit and Michigan. Again, I don't Mm -hmm. none of this. My opinion is I don't think the narrative holds up at all in this album. I don't get That's it. That's kind of one of and my large
2: problems. I don't think Detroit is ever mentioned in the album. I mean there's a few lyrical mentions to
0: it, but it's again, it's not oh, important. Oh, there are. Okay. It's not a part of uh, Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I I did, I learned that.
2: I realized like, "Oh, I guess it is yeah. Detroit. It's not important." Yeah. Um the part the part of it that you do pick up um is that it's like name or the the narrative follows uh, Christian and Gloria, these two uh lonely souls, I suppose, apparently in Detroit. Yeah, um, they they get name checked quite a bit throughout the album. They do, um, and it's
0: of course it's no coincidence that the album is uh, taking on religion. I'd say, and much more than Green Day has in the past. And the the man's name true, is Christian, yeah. and her name is mm-hmm. Gloria, Glory, Glory. Mm-hmm. And so that's you know I <laughs> I think I mean almost kind of two on the nose sometimes with the with the names of the characters there because you yeah, can almost it's read, obvious. read each song that it's about the character Christian or it's about Christians kind of you know it's there's this all mm-hmm, these double mm-hmm. these uh, allusions to different interpretations yeah, yeah and and yeah Rolling Stone Rolling Stone really loved this album I'll get into that in a second I think it's a bit much but they said that this was the most personal emotionally convulsive record Billy has ever written maybe and, maybe and it is very personal uh, and, and as we'll yeah. get to a second a lot of the lyrics are just about written in the first person for the first time yeah uh, and and just actually about Billy Joe's childhood. So that's cool. It is a little, we'll get into it, but I think the album is a teeny bit indulgent in its length. I I agree. And so, I, I think that's
2: reflected in the amount of singles that they released. I agree. I, and I think maybe it, it feels sometimes like it's um, trying too hard, maybe, in a weird abso- way. Oh, it
0: absolutely does. I completely agree. You know? There's there's um, so much
2: expectation
0: of this to follow up American idiot that it tries yeah, too hard yeah. to be like a bigger better American idiot.
2: Yeah, exactly. And like even even just a lot of like the word choices like 21st century breakdown just seems a little goofy to me. Uh yeah. Um, that <laughs> name And there's just like so many buzz, there's so many like buzzwords throughout the album too, like, like just words they threw in because they knew they're like, they get an emotional response from people, you know, but they weren't maybe used appropriately. Completely. I feel like completely, you know, I, yeah,
0: I, 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 yeah. And it's so funny at the time, again, as I was walking around with my iPod shuffle, I was just like loving it, loving it, loving it. This is the new American idiot. (laughs) This is better than American idiot. I was going to say. Rolling Stone apparently knocked one star off their American Idiot review so that they could give. Are you serious? 20, so that they could give 21st Century Breakdown a higher review than American Idiot. That's bullshit. Right? That's bullshit. That's fucking man. crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> That's insane. Rolling Stone, you I, cool no, whores. How is that. that aged, you idiots? Oh, Jesus. And and you know, yeah. I, I think it's I think it's an, a real example of like a. You know, m- more quantity versus quality, essentially. Uh, yeah. You can we can look at these singles. Well, I remember "Know Your Enemy." I remember that came out. We listened to it together at, at uh, the family uh, mm-hmm. a family get together. The Lead single. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Twenty one Guns was number two, three. East Jesus Nowhere. Mm-hmm. What? We're starting to go crazy here. Four. Twenty first Century Breakdown. Okay, maybe. Five. Before the lobotomy. Like uh, okay. I don't know. About okay. That. Six. Restless <laughs> Heart time. Syndrome. Well, that should have been one of the <laughs> higher singles. Obviously, seven. Last of the American Girls, and, and, and I mean, that's a lot. That's a lot of to expect to people.
2: Yeah, and several of those just don't really make sense as a single. To they don't me. make like sense. They, they're not. They're not even bad songs. They're just not really that type of music, you know. And and frankly, masses, I think that the masses are going to latch on to or whatever.
0: Frankly, I think that they. Uh, and I know there was some confusion. Where they said that 21st century breakdown was going to be the third single, and it ended up being East Jesus Nowhere, and they pushed 21st century's a single to December of 2009. Mm-hmm. So I I know that there was I think some confusion, and what's the I think they kept releasing singles when the previous single didn't chart as well as they had hoped.
2: Oh, uh, okay, yeah.
0: Ending that, with Last of the American of Girls, sense. which I've never been crazy about as a single, but like listening to that it now, okay. I'm like
2: that should have been higher up. I think so too. Yeah. I think that could have been yeah within the first three or four singles probably. That's I, I think I just
0: think the number of singles is almost reflective of the the how people received it critically.
2: It's true, it's true. But I mean, that said, the album uh, I think we we're both going to say this like actually charted quite well. Um, oh, definitely their bet their best performance to date apparently, um, including uh, going on the Billboard 200, European Top 100, and UK Albums Charts. Yeah, going uh, number
0: one, going number one, right? And right? And, and that's that was you and me, right, buddy? That was you and me being like at midnight, we're gonna buy it. Like it was, it was <laughs> the all this anticipation for the follow up to American Idiot.
2: There are there are a lot of there are a lot of people hyped about mm-hmm. it. I would say at that time, and it
0: and it won the Grammy for for best rock. Oh Alabama yeah, on the, that's right. on the 52nd. So like
2: it yeah, it, it was
0: critically well received. It did sell very well, um, mm-hmm. but you know not. I'd say look at this number: four million worldwide. That's not nearly as much as American Idiot or Dookie.
2: Yeah, yeah. What were we saying? Dookie is, is 20 and American's like 10 or something? American
0: Idiot is, I believe, around 15 or 17. Something, 15. 16, okay. something around there. Yeah, Dookie's at, at around 20.
2: And and so, again, 4 million
0: is amazing, but just that's... It is, yeah. It's it's a lot less than, you know, what was happening in 2004, 2005 for these guys. True. Um. Yeah. And I think, the, uh, and some of it, I think, stems from some criticism that it, you were just kind of bringing up a second ago, but but I, just some mm-hmm. people were kind of saying that it was, yeah, it was kind of rallying against authority, but there was no real direction to it. And as you said, like a lot of yeah. buzzwords. Uh, but, oh,
2: you know, I was probably subconsciously uh, quoting this guy, actually. Yeah, yeah, this
0: is a critic for the BBC's Chris Jones was just talking about that. Yeah, it, it, essentially these things that it's, it was... A lot of buzzwords, but not a lot of meaning, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah, I and I, I that. love that Nailed Steve it. Candle of Spin. This is the one that I agree with most of all, wrote that the humor of American mm-hmm. Idiot is sorely
2: missed. I, I feel that. That's the sure, biggest yeah. thing for me.
0: And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, and essentially the storyline is impossible to follow. Absolutely. If, if you yeah, that's, don't, that's... And I don't know if Billy Joe could even explain it to you. You know what I mean? I'm not yeah, sure it I exists.
2: I kind of doubt it. Yeah. Which is a shame because yeah, American Idiot felt like so well structured that I was sort of expecting a similar degree of like you know detail or whatever right uh, that we got previously. And so
0: interesting too that this one's actually broken up into acts, but it does. I know if you're theming it
2: that way, yeah. If you're theming it outwardly that way, it seems like inwardly you should get a real storyline too. Yeah. But
0: Um, but anyway, anyway, that's a
2: personal gripe.
0: One thing that was that's cool, not cool. I don't know how you view it, but the album art was a is certainly a bold statement. Um mm-hmm. and it is the uh the spray paint kind of uh, graffiti street art of these couple kissing on top of a burning car and the mm-hmm. art was led by Chris Billheimer once again. Again. <laughs> <laughs> and it's based on artist uh based on work from artist 610. Uh and apparently he mm-hmm. he had based that he'd taken a photo of friends at a party kissing. And uh, and he has said that I loved their passion. Um, I just wanted to make a stencil out of it to spread the love. That's kind yeah. of yeah. nicer or weird.
2: I think it's I think it's cute, really. And I think it's I found this really really interesting actually because it, um, the cover art was not, uh, marked similarly with the Blur two thousand three R album Think Tank, I think which so. I don't know. Have, yeah. have you listened to that, Chris? I have. Have you? I i love it sounds like you don't like it i love oh, that album. no so i love it
0: i love the album oh, okay art. it's it's by banksy himself
2: i know i i didn't know that part actually which is and exciting. this blur
0: album art is essentially two uh people in uh scuba like old yule scuba gear diving helmets uh kissing
2: uh you in, know in a very similar pose and everything yeah i like it but, much uh, better i like it a lot more too but i like both i actually will say i do like both of those and i just i think it's interesting because they're both albums well i really love think tank and i still i still i still do like 21st century yeah um, and the album art the album art i think nails it at least for think tank and i think and
0: almost as a defense of kind of the people calling them out for maybe kind of taking jumping on the street art trend Green Day showcased a collection of similarly themed art called The Art of Rock at an art exhibition in London in October and November 2009. And, and then maybe I'm being very cynical, but I do feel like a lot of that was, uh, I don't know, a street art had really broken into the mainstream. And I just kind of feel like Green Day was, uh, was jumping in a little late to the party. And we're trying mm-hmm. to kind of show their... Uh, the legitimacy hip by, by having like a,
2: a an art show. I, I get what you're saying.
0: But because yeah, cause you look at, at Blur's album, it, it is much more creative and interesting.
2: It it is, it's not to yeah. say
0: parallel thinking doesn't exist. It's just. Uh, I'll just say I like the American Idiot album art much more. I yeah. I, and it's much more simple. Yeah. So it is. Yeah, yeah, that's cool.
2: No, I agree. I agree with all that for sure.
0: Uh, Last Uh, cool thing before we (laughs) jump into the oney ones, the tracky tracks, Mm -hmm. Uh, 21st Century Breakdown was released with a parental advisory sticker um, with obviously all these explicit lyrics, a lot of them. And Walmart refuses to sell albums with that sticker on it. So they uh, asked Green Day to censor the album because this was going to be a huge album for, you know, seller for them if they carried it. Please release a censored Mm -hmm. version. And Green Day refused, stating there's nothing dirty about our record. They want artists to censor their records in order to be carried in there. We just said no. We've never done it before. You feel like you're in nineteen fifty-three or something. Which is a <laughs> hilarious response.
2: I love that quote. I love that quote. I honestly I agree with them. Like I don't I don't think you should be forced to censor your art. Totally and fuck you, Walmart. Yeah, fuck yeah. Walmart. Everyone knows that. <laughs> and
0: with a good fuck Walmart, we're gonna hop into 21st century breakdown.
2: The album <laughs> begins here with um, sort of a prelude, actually, to any of our three acts of the album. And it's just this, like, minute-long ditty called um, Song of the Century. And it's pretty much just just uh, um, Billy singing with uh, some minor instrumentals. Yeah,
0: and it kind of sounds like it's coming through, like, a, a radio station, mm-hmm. some lost frequency. And uh, it's, yeah, this is, of course, kind of the overture. This is setting up uh the world that our characters about to be in. It it yeah. It does the what the weight of what American Idiot was trying to do, which is set up the world that the you know, kind of the introduction of the setting.
2: Yeah. Actually I think that's a good point. I think American Idiot maybe could have used a song sort of like this actually. Well it's
0: interesting because I it... think there's a lot of parallels and I'll be I'll be trying to call them out when I see certain songs that I feel like they were trying to make the Copy. equivalent of American Idiot's version of
2: it. I I noticed the exact same similarities I'm curious if we'll agree but did did you think that Song of the Century copied one of American Idiot's songs really
0: uh Song of the Century doesn't I think I think it does the I okay. think it's an addition I think we'll see a lot of that in this album where they're doing a lot to ape American Idiot but then they're adding stuff on and I think look if you're going to ape American Idiot just ape American Idiot don't like it was perfect you don't need to add anything on you know, yeah, and yeah. so I think "Song of the Century" is an addition.
2: Okay, I actually think it's a gen- it's maybe a good addition. I like
0: honestly. it by the way. It's 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 fifty eight seconds. It's inoffensive to me. I like the melody. It's very pretty. Billy's singing is pretty. I'm into it. Yeah, yeah, and it I, is yeah. I, I do enjoy that the lyrics are like "Sing us the Song of the Century." Uh, those are the first lyrics, and I mm-hmm. some people were kind of noting it, I think it's kind of funny. It's that it's a little tongue in cheek because it is kind of acknowledging the pressure of following up American idiot and what it feels (laughs) like to this band is like, everyone's asking us like our next album, sing us the song of the century. Like you're, you're, you need to top what you did last time.
2: I I did not read into it that way, but I I totally get what you're saying. That's super funny. I had
0: until recently. I just, I, if that was at all the case, that's like brilliant. I'm not sure it was, but I kind of like it as the first lyric is acknowledging the expectations. Yeah, I, I definitely, I feel that. That, that was really a little song of the century that takes us to track two, which is the opening of Act One Heroes and Cons. And the namesake of the album. And then, in the t- title track, we're talking about 21st Century Breakdown. Mm hmm. Now, I don't know about you, man. The first time I heard these piano chords in the buildup, like it got me so pumped. I don't even know what to do. I
2: know, I know. It reminds me of like some Who. It's like, very I guess we were who-ish. just talking about that, but it sounds so much like uh, Bob O'Reilly. I think you know it de- before yes. it gets all gnarly later on. Um, yeah,
0: I, I mean, it's almost unapologetically Who. Now that I know more, it- <laughs> like I'm <laughs> yeah, like I'm like, oh, this kind of is just a Who.
2: Yeah, and it's so like. Maybe a little over-the-top grandiose, the whole the whole song. It is. Um, it certainly is. I think this this is maybe one of the worst as far as using buzzwords and just sort of lame phrases, in my opinion. It's a shame because the instrumentals, I think, are really good.
0: I agree. I, I, I have a lot of uh, love for the song, but I do agree. Uh, I bet the buzz phrase you must love, this is the opening lyric to this song, is born into Nixon, I was yeah. raised in hell. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And essentially, this is that's Billy's, one of that's one of the silly ones. Yeah, Billy singing about his uh, his childhood, um, mm-hmm. and so a lot of these are lyrics are just him talking about his kind of his situation as a kid. Uh, yeah. and, then, and then a phrase that keeps coming up in this song and then later is "We are the class of '13," which mm-hmm. I guess I've I've always heard referenced uh, the fact that his son Joseph, who is now in swimmers and all that, uh, would graduate high school in 2013. I thought that was weird. Yeah.
2: I thought that was pretty weird because it doesn't really connect to any other part of the album. It's just sort of thrown in there, I think, just as an homage to his son, which is cute, but it like it doesn't really fit the album. And like that's, I mean, I was actually class of thirteen too, so I had like I got kind of stoked about it right at the time. You, know? you
0: lucky bastard. And then
2: I, and then I thought about it. I was like, this is kind of like stupid, honestly.
0: <laughs> it is, but dude, I can't tell you when this came out. All I want, I was class of two thousand twelve, and I was like, God damn it! If my parents could have waited <laughs> one year. Come on. I so wanted to be class of 13 so that I could have this that as my... That is so funny. I
2: remember you actually saying that to me yeah. not long after yeah. it came out. What
0: a waste. Oh, man. <laughs> what a waste. Yeah. And then the lyric, yeah, some more of these, last one born, but first one to run. I like that lyric. Uh, that's kind. Of, that, that's okay. Yeah. yeah, that's an allusion to Bruce Springsteen's born to run. And and apparently mm-hmm. Billy was listening to a lot of Springsteen as well during this time and cited him openly as an influence uh mm-hmm. trying you know i mean both of them are pursuing the same thing which is trying to write a classic american rock album
2: yeah yeah respectable attempt yeah yeah
0: and then uh, of course uh the next lyric was i never made it as a working class hero as a reference to the john lennon song but of course yeah. the band covered that in 2006 so that's in the brain
2: i do like that line i i kind of don't really like the chorus when they go 21st century breakdown and blah 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 and then to the 20th century deadline. Like, I just feel like that, whatever, that alliteration, is that what that is? It's just, it's sort of goofy. Yeah. Sounding. Yeah. There's
0: a lot of that in this album, like kind of wordplay that if you don't, if you pick mm-hmm. it apart, you're like, what do you, what does it actually mean? Yeah. Exactly. What do you think about the transition to the pub song?
2: Oh, um, I kind of like that. It's sort of reminiscent. Well, as with many things on this album, it's very reminiscent of American Idiot. I I would say... two different songs together in an interesting way.
0: I I don't know. Maybe you agree, maybe you wouldn't. I would say this is their attempt. I think they moved Jesus of Suburbia before American Idiot on this album.
2: 21st -hmm. Century
0: Breakdown, I think, is uh, they tried to make a catchier, sleeker Jesus. Jesus of Suburbia.
2: I totally agree with that, yeah. And I think I know exactly what you're saying as far as American Idiot, too. Yeah. Because that would
0: bring us, I believe, to next track, right? Track three. Track three. Know Your Enemy, enemy. which I think is a moniker for American Idiot Light.
2: It really is. Honestly, this was the lead single, too. And I remember being disappointed even just with this lead single. This is probably my least favorite song on the album, actually.
0: I I remember it coming out. I remember we heard the download together the first time, I think. And you were like, Mm -hmm. oh, cool
2: drums. And I was like, yeah. (laughs)
0: <laughs> and it kind of just, like, kept going. We were just like, uh, like yeah, it was It's just a little underwhelming. It's so repetitive
2: yeah. and, like, kind of boring, you know? Um, and it just doesn't feel like it's got the same, like, punch as American Idiot did.
0: I agree. It is catchy. Yeah. It is certainly catchy. Uh, it is. It is catchy. But, uh, I mean, Billy, I've read, wrote this in, like, five minutes. In quotes, has been oh, like... Oh, really? He's been That's like, we have some songs, like, 21st oh, Century Breakdown, it takes me, like, half a year to get the lyrics right. And then some songs, like... You know, uh, know your enemy. You write in like five minutes, and then you write the lyrics in twenty, and like it's just done. So, <laughs> yeah. So, so I and, and you yeah. know you get that sense, and and it, it was intentional. He he was set of this song in, in kind of the re- repetitive riff, which just does mm-hmm. not change the whole song. Uh, yeah. That this was the first song we were really into. I thought, yep, this is kind of saying something. I've I've never written a song like that before. I've always liked songs like Free Falling by Tom Petty. It's the same riff over and over again, and that's hard to do, firing on one riff.
2: Is it hard to do? I'm not so sure about that. I guess he's saying it's hard to
0: make a song that's interesting all that time with just like firing on just one riff.
2: Okay, yeah, I misunderstood. And it is hard because it it didn't quite do it. Exactly. (laughs) And um, I think it was funny, too, that he said that this is like a rallying song for him. And I was just comparing that to what you're saying about how long it took him to write songs. So like a 21st century breakdown song, that's probably very personal and and all that takes him forever to write. But he finds it like incredibly easy to write something that's just about like, you know, rioting, basically, like getting hyped and like fighting authority. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just interesting to see what his, his natural tendencies really are.
0: I think even the guitar solo of this song is very similar to the American Idiot solo. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it's I it's
0: it's okay. I I can sing along to it. I can enjoy it, but it was an odd lead single. Yeah, and an album, but it's an odd album. It's packed with a lot of unusual songs for Radio Airplay. Yeah,
2: there's a lot of variety. I yeah. gotta say. Um, to speaking fair. of some variety, uh, track four, it's "Viva la Gloria." Mm-hmm. This is actually one of my favorite songs on the album. Is it okay? I Yeah, I'm not sure why. I just I really love this piano. Piano is gorgeous. It's true. It's really pretty. Yeah. Um, the lyrics are not as cringy as a lot of the album. (laughs) No, I yeah I like this one quite a bit. I really do. Yeah, yeah. I just love the eternal youth is a landscape of a lie line. Yeah. I don't know. They're kind of. I feel like they're also kind of goofy. But for some reason, these ones I like a little bit more. So.
0: No, I mean Green Day. We're talking about Green Day. It's gonna be goofy. But yeah, I like I like this song a lot. Green Day said yeah. about the or Green Day. Billy said about this that it's like the older you get, the more you get detached from the naivete you had when you were growing up. How do you keep that spark? And that's what Gloria is a lot uh, to him,
2: you know. I would say, I would say that this song, though it's not anywhere near the same place of the album, um, is sort of a what's her, what's her name esque track actually too. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah.
0: I'd say it's, it's, it's maybe she's a rebel a bit, too. Or maybe that's the later one. But, I, mm-hmm. I mean, one thing that's, that's curious about it is, uh, you know, the two characters in this album. And I don't care to discuss the plot. I said that with the American Idiot one, and that's ended up, we ended up doing it. But
2: this one, mm-hmm. I couldn't even
0: tell you. I, I don't care to know. Um, but Gloria.
2: <laughs> well, that's good, then. It's sort of its own thing, probably. Right, yeah.
0: <laughs> Gloria is one I of the, the main <laughs> characters. This is her introduction in the album. And and it's kind of I guess while well, the the kamikaze nihilist is is Christian is kind of and all of this is Armstrong riding through different parts of himself is like Armstrong uh you know that he he's kind of the aggressive side and then Gloria is fighting to hold on to like youthful idealism is uh, mm-hmm. is kind of based off Adrian in many ways his wife right so. It is interesting. I think similar to American Idiot, this is about a dual personality thing, and apparently Billy admits that he yeah. does have that, uh, mm-hmm. where which
2: isn't surprising to hear. No. really.
0: so that apparently he has ADHD and, and struggles with that. Some, so it's it's always a Saint Jimmy character fighting in a in an angel girl fighting for Billy's soul. It seems, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and this album is uh, in that way. I'd say the exact same plot as American
2: Idiot. It's true, yeah. There are, are numerous similarities as far as the overall plot or and, general storyline.
0: Yeah, and look, and if that was all too much for you to hear, you know, let you just, just tell me what you want to do before <laughs> the lobotomy because you probably don't want to remember uh, none of this. This is, of course, track five before the lobotomy. Before. This is one of my favorites <laughs> off the album, I will say, off the top.
2: Oh, interesting, okay. Yeah. Wow. I, I like this one. I like this one. It never, um, like, hugely stuck out to me, but I've always liked it. And I do think it's very reminiscent of Are We the Waiting, probably. Um, oh, interesting.
0: I'd yeah. say it's... Did, uh, did I, you know, ever think it had a similarity with... That's really good, Colin. I would say this is Are We the Waiting into St. Jimmy, because this song does have a big change. It kind of has a slow, beautiful that's true. Build up. I would always say that I mm-hmm. love this so much because it kind of shows cases both of Green Day's sides that I like, which is these really pretty ballads, and then mm-hmm. this kick-ass rock band.
2: Yeah, yeah, I agree, I agree.
0: And uh, Billy said about this song, uh, it's about how self-destructive behavior can overshadow parts of your ambition. A lot of people have a self-destruct button. I think for a lot of rock musicians, when they're celebrating, it turns into partying, and suddenly... You're fucking yourself up and you're destroying something you worked so hard to build up. That's this shiny red button that you just want to push. <laughs> so a lot of this... Very well put. Yeah. And a lot of this song is about addiction. It's about mm-hmm. uh, a lot of a dependence on pills. I wonder if this is something Billy was struggling with at all at the time. Um, mm-hmm. Or just something he was experiencing you know, through witnessing it in the world.
2: Uh... I'm not stoned, I'm just fucked up, I got so high, I can't stand up. Thank you. Like, that, that explains yeah, it a great, all, right? Yeah, that's a great line. Yeah, that is yeah, a great line. Yeah, <laughs> I love it, for sure. <laughs> yeah. And, and then as you can uh, hear, as
0: it just kicks in here. I, I, I think it then it just turns into a total rocker. Yeah, uh, it
2: kills, for sure.
0: I'm into this one. Uh, before the Lot of me, yeah. you're all right
2: with me. I dig it, I dig it. Um, um, but I think we should move on to meet our our follow-up character... The other half of the story, um, Christian. Oh. in track six, Christian's pissed, dude. Christian's Inferno. Christian's Inferno. He's, he's, he's yeah, he's a little bit angry. Steam. Just a little. I've got to say, these drums at the beginning are sick, though. I don't know what they did to it, but there's some sort of effect on it. I think that sounds really cool. yeah. It's
0: kind of networky, isn't it?
2: Yeah. Exactly.
0: Um, yeah. This this one's very. It's a very simple song, but there's a lot of cool effects on it that make it kind of interesting. Like on Billy Joe's laugh. Yeah. At the hook uh, for instance kind of mm-hmm. sounds like a uh, gorilla style
2: <laughs> yeah I never
0: thought about that but I agree um uh, uh, Billy said that uh, this song is kind of the uh, sort of the ugliest place you could possibly go in your brain he said I yeah. don't know if I was having a bad morning but it's just that angry feeling of despair that I guess a lot of people can relate to Uh, And on MTV News, he said, this is the most hateful song I've ever written. The most diabolic.
2: Jeez, that's really saying something, because there were some pretty fucked up songs he wrote back in early Green Day days, I would say. I know. Um, And it doesn't really come across as much in this song, I don't think. I believe that he feels that way, but I mean, it it seems angry, just not as angry as some of the other ones I think I've heard. I agree. I agree. Um,
0: There's one there's ones that I would cite that are angrier than this uh yeah but it, it is i that, guess i mean it, i've always sensed that it's about you know and this is another one of the little double entendres things where it's christians inferno mm-hmm. but it's also a christian inferno like it's yeah this is a major <laughs> comment on the religion religious thing yeah as well as the name of our protagonist so it's just like stuff like that i don't like where i'm like dude just write your christian bashing song and let it just be we yeah. don't need a plot yeah. I, i'm into it I, as is
2: <laughs> i feel big statement all right Uh, yeah no i feel that though yeah i will say um and i saw that you you noted this as well i i feel that it's super repetitive um this whole song and in the same way sort of know your enemy is
0: exactly know your Uh, enemy or let yourself go you know songs like that that there's a couple on this album
2: yeah i i think that alone sort of ruins it for me i agree it's it's it's
0: fine uh it certainly is catchy but not in a way that I like respect necessarily. I, yeah. I, I, I don't. Yeah. I, this hook I is lazy. I'm sorry. I just don't love the hook very much at all. Um, no, I, 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 I 100% I feel like you. the message of the song probably more than I like the song.
2: Yeah, I think I do
0: too. <laughs> but you know, the, I, a lot of a lot of times during New Year's Eve, people like to party. Sometimes they party <laughs> like it's the last night on earth. Um, <laughs> You know, I I, that, I sure didn't, but uh, I imagine if I did, I, I would have had one hell of a hangover. Did you party like it was the mm-hmm. last night on earth?
2: Uh, no, not really. I had a I had a dog. I was like watching dog sitting, and I felt like I should probably not get too fucked up. So,
0: for the dog's sake,
2: um, for the dog's sake. I know you, know. you don't like seeing me <laughs> drunk,
0: dog. I know it upsets you. Don't
2: want to be a, don't want to be a bad example, you know. I, I agree. don't want that dog growing up and deciding that drinking alcohol is okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's true. Anyway, that's you know, you're, yeah. I, I hope that the people who you were dog sitting hear this and are like, "Wow, what a
2: what a <laughs> what good a young man, responsible guy." <laughs> um, yeah.
0: Well, that's good you weren't partying, but a lot of people were. Like it was the last night on Earth. Of course, that is track true. seven here. Last night on Earth. It mm-hmm. is also the name of the tour that we saw them
2: on, the Last Night on Earth tour. And I, I will say, maybe I've just got a thing for pretty piano intros, but yeah, this is another just one of my a favorites from the bitch. album. Yeah, yeah. maybe I'm just a little bitch. Well, no, I knew that already. I am no, just a little bitch. No, you're not. But... And,
0: and I love this <laughs> song. I'm with you, man. I, this is a beautiful ballad.
2: This is a beautiful fucking song. And and Mike Dern, I saw you You wrote this as well. Mike Dern said this is the most ap- unapologetic love song. And I think that's just that's true. And it's so sweet. It's such a cute song. Like i put I've this got on such a, a soft spot for beautiful love songs. Yeah, yeah. this is a sweet, like classy ballad. Yeah, my beating heart belongs to you. I walked for miles till I found you. Oh, this is this shit is fire. (laughs) Uh, yeah, Billy said, um, about this,
0: uh, there are parts of this record which are the most melodic things I've ever written. The piano was a new thing for us when I pushed my voice to do things I've never done before. I always hear guitar Mm -hmm. symphony in my head all the time. How do you make song arrangements and push them further than they've ever gone? before in the rock genre, but still have it feel like you just heard a Ramon song. That's why Butch Vig Mm -hmm. worked so well. He helped us figure it all out. He's always been on our shortlist since Nirvana's recording came out, but it was tough. You just have to keep ignoring the voices in your mind telling you that you suck.
2: That is a really interesting quote. Yeah, I didn't think about the Butch Vig part.
0: And yeah, and I think a large part of how polished this album sounds is obviously Butch is doing. I mean, he made kurt's one guitar sound like it will you know entire wall of you know guitars blasting out so like that's he he makes things sound he's a talented man yeah yeah of course and i i I like this album a lot and this song particularly because there's a lot of falsetto isn't there colin
2: there is yeah it's it's pretty surprising for um billy i think prior to this i'm not sure how much he'd done it but but pretty rarely at the very least right
0: Yeah, and it's interesting. I think he's getting so much attention these days for the father of all motherfuckers era stuff being falsetto. It's like, if you ever try to sing a Green Day song, you know, along with him, he sings high in his falsetto often. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, This song's pretty much entirely falsetto. Uh,
2: Yeah. Yeah. I I actually, uh, I think I maybe have said this in a previous episode at some point but my good friend christian who i actually mentioned earlier this episode Christian's um, mm he's a he's a singer and i remember trying to get him to uh sing like i would play some guitar and he'd sing some green day songs and a lot of the time he just like was like no i can't i can't do that one like he just sings way too high yeah and it's just surprising you don't really notice it in a lot of their songs he's got pipes i think he's got like a higher voice than you realize a lot of the time
0: bit last thing about last night on earth kind of talking about that that singing so high uh billy said um this is a love song i wrote for my wife oh i wrote it on piano and then sang it it's one of those things where it's only directed towards one person like an intimate moment and you say wow i never sang falsetto before that's pretty cool um (laughs) so he's all right i think that is so cute it's sweet though right
2: Yeah, I think that's adorable. And I'm just so glad that finally he's not treating his wife like shit. Oh, oh Jesus,
0: Colin. That's for 80. Hey, <laughs> hey, 80, 80, and Billy are going, all right, they're doing just
2: fine. Okay, okay, okay. No, they're probably Yeah, not. you're right. I just he's feel not like there's been, times, there's been times where where he's been, he's been, he sounded like he's been a jerk. He's
0: not writing any songs about being emotionally unfaithful, it's true. He's writing pretty mm-hmm. ballads for his beautiful lady. And, that's, and isn't that just lovely? That closes out Act 1. That's going to bring us to Act 2, Charlatans and Saints. Mm -hmm. Yay. And it's
2: opened by um, track 8 here, which is East Jesus Nowhere. Um, I would say this is probably the most anti-religious song on the album, even more so than uh, Christians Inferno.
0: It definitely, definitely is. Yeah, This one's overt. Uh, it rebukes Very fundamentalist religion, uh, and it was written, I, I read this, I remember in that same Rolling Stone, I believe, afterward, after, uh, Billy attended a church service where a friend's baby was being baptized.
2: I know, that's sort of a weird thing to admit, you know? Like, what if that friend reads this article and they're like, well, that's fucked, fuck you, Billy. No,
0: well, he did, that was the whole thing, is I, I remember he said it, and I, my friend came up to me after hearing the song and said, was it really that bad? <laughs> oh, I didn't
2: hear about that part yeah. of it. Shit. Yeah, but like
0: you know, like laughing. Like I didn't realize you were hooting yeah. in the church there.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: So, so that's that's, that's really kind of funny. funny. Um,
2: <laughs> yeah, it's a it's inspired apparently by Bill Mars' documentary Religious, which I have yet to watch. Actually, I've not seen it. Um, Chris, you have not seen it. I've, I've not heard seen it's quite it. Good, actually. Yeah, I don't. I, Bill um, Mars fine.
0: I don't need to. I get I mean, it. Yeah, I get but, it.
2: It's more about the content. I'm just curious yeah. about the facts, I suppose.
0: Well, Billy liked um, it. And it, respi- it Billy also inspired liked it the song. A bit. Comp-
2: yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, oh, yeah. And interestingly enough, uh, East Jesus Nowhere here was going to be called March of the Dogs, which is a real, uh, also a very evocative title, I think. Um, yeah. Yeah. But he apparently was watching Juno, the 2007 film. It's great. Uh, mm-hmm. And... Uh, when Juno gets home, there's some dialogue with her adopted parents. Uh, say, "Where would you drive all the way to East Jesus Nowhere?" Like, where, where are you gonna go? And it's just a funny little expression, a little quirky expression <laughs> that movies filled with them. But that caught Billy's uh, ear. Yeah, I
2: totally. Yeah, I didn't re- really actually realize that was from that movie. That's that's cute.
0: I know it's weird seeing stuff uh, that you know influenced Green Day.
2: Yeah, like, exactly. yeah, I saw Juno
0: too. What of it? Well, we named a song yeah. after Line it. <laughs>
2: oh, <laughs> Don't <yeah>. you know? <laughs> yeah. My bad. Uh, anyway, I, I read this as well. Armstrong told uh, a newspaper, the Sunday Times, in 2009, that the track was inspired by the never-ending hypocrisy of religion, all those snake, o- snake oil salesman types, and the subliminal thing of threatening people and ripping away their individuality. Yeah, And that's something I can totally relate Definitely. to, I think. And he, he sort of relates this story about when he went to a Baptist church when he was 14, and... Um, They basically said, if you do not accept Jesus Christ into your life, you're going to burn for eternity. And he says he was just scared shitless, and you just eventually realize they're all being hypocrites, you know? Yeah. If you're not paying attention right now, that's Satan taking your mind away. And here's, like, where he admits he has ADHD. Um, So, of course, he's thinking about, like, a million different things, you know? um and i love this right and then the last line yeah i don't know do you want to share that
0: he just, he just yeah he just says yeah so i have adhd i'm thinking of a million things god forbid i'm thinking i'm sitting in church thinking god i'd really like to fuck that girl and you know satan <laughs> get out of my brain it's so funny i mean completely funny, uh you know? relatable for a little 14 year old boy in church uh
2: yeah uh, it is
0: it's funny I, you know I, I didn't realize that he was uh so religious growing up or his family was so yeah i did not realize that, that i got into him um the guilt mm-hmm. and then apparently oh well um, one little fun story is the uh, the lyric uh, join the choir we'll be singing in the church of wishful thinking which is a i think a mm-hmm. very clever little lyric yeah i think the so the church too. of wishful thinking uh billy apparently mm-hmm. was road tripping with 80 uh his sweet wife in wisconsin and they drove past a chapel called the church of divine hope and Armstrong said, we've been driving, and we were rambling and laughing, and I looked at it all delirious, and I thought, oh my god, that's called the Church of Wishful Thinking. And we just started laughing hysterically, so I wrote it down, and it ended up being in East Jesus Nowhere.
2: <laughs> that's a cute little story. Yeah, it is. Uh, yeah, I like I didn't, that. I didn't realize this, that until, until now, yeah. Uh,
0: and it's cool how yeah, these little um, snippets of lyrics come to him.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. This was actually my favorite song on my uh, first few listens of the album. I don't know why. Oh, interesting. Um yeah, I think there's yeah. a and I still like it. There's a same Jimmy I, vibe lost. to this song as well. There is, absolutely. And that said, I think it's very interesting. Um the next song, track nine here. Yes. Uh what what that sort of evokes. Um it's Peacemaker. And I think it becomes pretty obvious almost right away. It's sort of remind at least me, it reminds me of Extraordinary Girl.
0: Oh interesting. Yeah, I could do you hear that. I,
2: do you not feel that way?
0: I'm not sure. Uh, peacemaker is something that I've always viewed as an addition, but I really like it. I, I, I've never been mm-hmm. able to plug it in exactly to one of the a, a parallel to American Idiot, but I'm just so glad that it's included. It's yeah. It's, it's different than the rest of the songs. It's got a very strummy kind of a Spanish acoustic guitar. There's a bit yeah. of a, like a Middle yeah. Eastern
2: feel or, or something. It's uh, uh, yeah. I'm not sure what it is. It feels like you're in. I, I agree with the Middle Eastern feel. Uh, I guess. I guess um, Mike
0: Dirt said it, it. Kind of. It's almost got a kind of cool gypsy carnival feel.
2: Oh, that is. That's exactly a good way of putting it. Right to yeah. Put it. Yeah. Exactly. Thanks for the
0: assist, Mike. Um, uh-huh. And <laughs> Billy actually said about this song. He said it's a song about how someone can get so vengeful that it's almost sexually driven. <laughs> Yikes!
2: <laughs> that's pretty hardcore. Yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah. Um, and there's a reference to uh, Iraq, of course. Yeah. Um, the soldier peacemaker who's become a killer, killing the infidels, and in the end of the story becomes the infidel himself.
0: I love that. Um, I think it's a great story. A, it's about the yeah, kind of good, go forth, conquer all, until you are conquered. Yeah,
2: exactly. It it uh, sums up the song pretty well for sure.
0: And it's I I think this is one of the most actually uh, successful commentary. Pieces on like the American mindset during this time, and still, um, I agree. Yeah, uh, a lot of them strive to be much bigger. And I feel like this song wasn't a single, it's kind of, uh, I don't know, I think underappreciated. I think Peacemaker is a very clever song,
2: yeah. I think it's underappreciated for sure. And, um, oh man, I just sorry, I just got to that cool guitar part where there's literally just three notes that are just, oh, like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah so good that is i love that part anyway um yeah i think i think it's sort of understated as well that said i don't think it would have been a good single really i, I don't agree know if i agree really with that really. it appealed appealed to lots of people
0: i agree with you there um i don't know what to do with it i just i think i think it deserves more love yeah track 10 here last of the american girls i don't know let's let's check it out I like, song. Okay. I like this
2: song. Okay. Hey, okay. Hey, hey. <laughs> All right then. I will say it's like very obviously like written to be a hit. It feels like sort of. Yeah. Um, it just sounds like a pop song, you know, which isn't necessarily a bad thing.
0: This is very, um, she's a rebel kind of.
2: Yeah. Vibe. Yeah. But not, not as good as she's, no. as
0: she's the rebel, <laughs> uh, but it's
2: still good. I still enjoy it overall. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I don't have a whole lot to say, really, about it.
0: Basic, 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 uh, bassist Mike Durnt. It is basic, but bassist Mike Durnt (laughs) expressed uh, a belief that Last of the American Girls was written about 80. That's sweet. Which we'd hope. Uh, We hope all these songs are written about 80, don't we?
2: Yeah, I'd hope so, too.
0: (laughs) But it's cool. It's kind of a, uh, a punk, uh... You know, like an homage to another kind of badass punk uh, chick who Billy kind of likes to put up on a pedestal, as he often does. Yeah, yeah. So I'd say th- this is probably filed, filed in the cabinet away with uh, your your she's, your extraordinary girls.
2: I will say the bass line is, is nice. It's simple, but it's, like, prominent and appealing.
0: The more I listen to it, the more it grows on me, but I remember... When I first listened to this album, being o- underwhelmed by it, and when it came out as a single, being like, "Really?" Mm, now, with with time and knowing how songs work and how people like at the time when you're a kid, you just want your favorite song to be a single, even if it's exactly before the yeah, lobotomy, and yeah. that would, wouldn't make any sense for radio play. Yeah, no. I now, in hindsight, I think this should have been a single faster.
2: Yeah, I agree. I yeah. think it should have been one of the first few singles. Like this could have been the um, first single, actually. It could have been. have been. I don't know if it would have been a good first single. but Better than Know Your Enemy. Yeah, that's true. Not a, not a great song. I think 21st Century Breakdown maybe could have been a good lead single. Yeah, that would have
0: been badass, too. Um, I don't know. I, I think Rolling Stone wrote a great little piece on this. They said, uh, when Armstrong sings, she won't cooperate. He's giving her the highest compliment he can imagine. And I think that's, uh, that, yeah. So that that's the cool that's part of true. it. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Mark Webb directed the music video for this. It's actually kind of cool, but it's it's this girl getting ready in her bedroom, which is all set up in the desert. What the middle of the desert? And the band is playing around, <laughs> and there's like backup dancers. It's it's very stylized. But Mark Webb, who has worked with Green A before on mm-hmm. the uh, "Waiting" video, and of course is a a famous director of note himself, yeah, did
2: this video. A lot of, I think a lot of my favorite. Sorry. Oh, I was just say
0: he did this right. video and a few of the others for this album. It was he was their main director?
2: Oh. Yeah, I think a lot of my favorite um, Green Day videos are Mark Webb directed, actually. Oh, that's cool. I've noticed. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I will say I yeah. do like the videos a bit more for this album than American Idiot. I think.
2: <laughs> that's, I mean, that's easy to beat, I would yeah. say, too. fuck you, Samuel Bear.
0: All right, and that will bring us to track 11, Murder City. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we talked about it last time. These lyrics, the... Lyric "Murder City" was used in a network song, I believe, right?
2: I think so. Yeah, I can't. Uh, yeah, I can't recall exactly which uh, song it was, but I, I believe it was from "Money Money 2020," the uh, the one network album so far. Yes,
0: I think we can limit it to "Money Money 2020." <laughs> um,
2: and I, I think I really like this song, actually. Yeah, I do too. I mean, it's not it's not like my favorite, or even in my top five, probably on this album. But it, but it's good. I like it.
0: Oh, interesting. Yeah. I've always thought this was a bit more of like a letter bomb of the album.
2: Hmm, okay. I, yeah, I never thought um, about that, but I, I feel it, yeah.
0: Yeah, As I, during listens and re-listens the past few weeks, this song has stood out. This has actually grown more and more to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Billy said of this, uh, even on our harder rock tunes like Murder City, I was doing a little bit of falsetto. There are two different kinds of falsetto people can do. One is the irritating kind. And then there's the other kind, which <laughs> sounds like it's an appropriate thing for the song. Uh, I
2: wonder what it considers the irritating kind. I'd be curious to hear. I know. I hope it's not Radiohead. I
0: <laughs> oh, I wonder if I agree. I wonder if you heard Father of All back then, if you'd be like, yeah, that's the irritating kind. Yeah,
2: exactly.
1: <laughs> I don't
0: know. Uh, and uh, this song, interestingly enough, uh, most of the songs were penned during. Uh, 21st century breakdown was mostly written during the Bush administration, during mm-hmm. the latter half of Bush's uh, second term. But this song was actually written uh, right after the election of Obama.
2: Yeah, yeah. That is really interesting because you don't get a whole lot of songs from Green Day um, with that perspective, I think. At least not from this yeah. era. you um, not like, hey, hope, things are going to be okay. <laughs>
0: exactly. Yeah. That'll bring us to... Uh, Viva la Gloria, track 12. And no, you're probably going, Hey, I thought we already did this. Didn't we already listen to this? Didn't we already get through this? Let's not repeat ourselves. You would be I correct. Agree. Yeah. This is Viva la Gloria, question mark, In- little girl, parentheses. Mm-hmm.
2: And despite how silly the naming conventions are, I would say, um I actually really like this song too. I like both Viva la Gloria's quite a
0: bit. um Yeah, they're both kind of piano driven. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Clearly, I've got a thing for that. Um, yeah. But this one's got a lot lot like a, a creepier vibe to it. Um, and I, I don't really know the, the specifics of the chord structure. Do you? I'd be curious to know if it's like it's a similar chord progression, but in minors or something. Do you have any idea? I don't
0: actually. That's a really good question. Okay.
2: Um, I bet I, if it is musically similar similar,
0: or simply just the song is uh, it's about the same character and just trying to draw a comparison. Right, right, yeah. Yeah. Um, in truth, usually in those cases, you're right. It is easier for... Paramore and bands have done that where they'll write an alternative version of the same song.
2: hmm
0: Yeah, maybe in a minor key or something. Yeah. And uh, I can let the Flames Begin by Paramore is one that I can think of. Yeah, um, yeah. That's a and, great And song then they'll write another one that's that's also really good, but they need to acknowledge that it's kind of based off the same, you know, chords and
2: everything. Exactly. The song yeah, exactly.
0: This song, I know, was titled Little Girl for the majority of the recording process. Ah, I see. Not titled Viva La Gloria, Mm -hmm. so I'm wondering if that was just tacked on to uh, make it more connected. Okay, yeah, I could see that.
2: I mean, sort of I'd argue it makes
0: it more confusing.
2: (laughs) That's a good point. That's a good point.
0: Yeah, I... When you Google these songs, there's so much... People are, oh, these are the lyrics to this... No, that's the other Viva La Gloria. Right, right. Oh, Okay.
2: It's a shame that they got to make it sort of gimmicky like that because I do think that they're both good songs on their own and yeah I agree there doesn't, I think there doesn't both need both to be this confusion both the glorious songs are standouts yeah
0: yeah and and this is a this is very much ringleader Billy you know mm-hmm. this is like the dark circus version of Billy exactly, that I love. exactly yeah uh, and, and Billy said about this song kind of on on to that point is it's about a woman with a heavy drug problem yeah. Uh, it's about a person who has a vision, but is distorted that vision with drugs and self destruction. Mm-hmm. And you can, and reading the lyrics is very apparent. This is someone who's uh, living on the streets from pill to pill type thing.
2: Yeah, it's it's a depressing read for sure. And then uh, coming up next is
0: really one of my favorite songs on the album entirely. It's track thirteen. Wow. Oh well, maybe you disagree, but this no, is no, no. I think it's syndrome. a good
2: one. I think it's a good one.
0: This again, very piano driven starts mm-hmm. off slow, yeah, I think this one slowly jacks up the tension until it's a full throttle rocker i i, I love uh what we'll call the drop on this one when he says, "No, you enemy
2: hmm i' one hundred percent agree that's probably the best part of the song
0: um also kind of tying it in to the you know previous songs
2: yeah of, uh, I, I I feel like I've got to be honest i I do like this song a lot instrumentally, especially the piano of course um and yeah, the way the drums play in and, and a lot of it. But the but the lyrics for some reason I just like can't get on board with. I feel like some of them are are kinda clunky and Interesting. I'm not sure what it is. I've I've got a really bad disease. Like those opening that opening line I don't really like, you know. It just doesn't sound very smooth, I guess.
0: Well, Billy said that this song is about pharmaceuticals and a lot of people becoming junkies. Uh, a lot of people become junkies if they get the right prescription. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and so that's what the song is about—the disease of addiction. Hmm. Um, so I I, I I like it quite a bit. I I like calling. I mean, I don't know. This is uh, you know, the opioid epidemic is obviously massive in this country. Yeah. Very destructive. Yeah, of course. And uh, and I I yeah, I like him again. This is Billy what doing what he always does, which is writing songs about you know uh what well, he's as he says like the the shit that you wouldn't want to talk about
2: Mm-hmm. yeah anyway yeah i don't know it's never been a standout to me but but i dig it overall
0: yeah billy said of this he uh, was talking about the inspiration for this that apparently he had the melody for this song for like a year but the words wouldn't come to him oh wow So he was just, uh, yeah, I am just reading this quote here where he was saying, Mm -hmm. uh, for a year I had nothing to write about for this melody, but I'd be sitting there saying, I feel stupid. Little Girl and 21 Guns were the same way, but I had to stick with it. It's the patience that drives you crazy. But Mm -hmm. the moments when you nail something, that's when you're the most free. There is no outside stress. You're just in the zone.
2: Okay. I can dig
0: that. And we, yeah, we were just talking about Little Girl was the song previous. 21 Guns is coming up. That was a big hit, obviously. Uh, Mm -hmm. The, the, the songs you know Billy's no problem taking his time with the lyrics he certainly has got the time um, yeah, that's, yeah. Why, that's why I always consider the song a bit too is I do think they really took their time with this album uh, whether it was indulgent or not but but then suddenly that know your enemy line happens and the guitar solo tears in and like all is forgiven is a, it is pretty
2: fucking, fucking sick yeah <laughs> <laughs> I gotta say <laughs> That is that is I'm a really hype, that. that is a hype moment for sure. Yeah, um, yeah, and and
0: that actually closes out Act Two mm-hmm. of Twenty First Century Breakdown. Here it brings us to the final Act, mercifully, Act Three: Horseshoes and Hand Grenades.
2: <laughs> and, and what's uh, that first track? The first track is the namesake of this act: um, Horseshoes and Hand Grenades. This is uh, track fourteen, and this is a this is a burn burner. Mm hmm. Much like it reminds me more of Christian's Inferno again. Um like honestly, overall, like I could I feel like they could have just done one or the other even. Um Yeah. Absolutely. And similar similar issue for me. I think it's a little bit repetitive, maybe. Um But it reminds me of Saint Jimmy a little bit too. I I hear that. This one's always
0: this this one's always pumped me up. Yeah, it does have that Saint Jimmy drive. Yeah. Um, It's kind of written about America's uh, self-destructive military-industrial complex. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um,
2: And it starts, we should have said this too, it starts with uh, the sound of people marching, basically. It sounds like soldiers marching. Oh, yeah.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Uh, And and (laughs) kind of talking about explaining the three acts here, this is the top of the third act of 21st Century Breakdown. Billy Joe said... I like the three acts as I work in three parts. I have dual personalities, but I'm on medication, so that's okay. (laughs) Heroes and cons represent dealing with these two demons and what they mean. Then charlatans and saints deals with religion. The final act gets its name because the horseshoes are a sign of luck, and hand grenades are a sign of explosion. (laughs) The characters are just something I sing through. You give them a name, and that gives them life. So I think that really is acknowledging that all of this is just like therapy for him.
2: Yeah, it kind of does sound that way.
0: Like all the acts are these comparisons of two, unlike you know, two opposites. Yeah, yeah. The characters: Saint Jimmy, Jesus of Suburbia, what's her name, or Christian Gloria and the our narrator Billy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's all about three personalities dueling for you know one soul. Exactly. Yeah. Or, or two two opposites dueling for one soul.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I think Green Day often and, have, have themes like this throughout a lot of their music. And
0: uh, I think my favorite lyric from this song that really uh, captures it, I think, is I'm going to drink, fight, and fuck and pushing my luck all the time now.
2: <laughs> uh, right? Yeah, yeah, that's a good line. And uh, yeah, I, I didn't actually realize this um, but I, because I've never heard this song, but apparently uh, Horseshoes and Hand Grenade shares progression um, with the Hive's uh, main offender. Which, I don't know, have you heard that that before? That I did. Before?
0: I lo- I mean, I looked it up because of this. Someone said, oh, this this is a great song, but it just sounds just like the Hives' song, Man Offender. Oh, okay. yeah. Um, so I looked it up, and it is, vi- I mean, it is the same. Really? That's a very similar riff. The song itself is different enough, so it's fine. But yeah. I just thought that was interesting.
2: Yeah. But, I mean, the progression is a pretty important part of this song in particular. So. It is, it is. And
0: I, and I imagine Green Day are fans of the Hives. Yeah. Uh, so... Whatever, But this this next song is one that was fun.
2: Yeah, I like it, this
0: It was one. a late edition. And if I recall, this is the one, I think I mixed up with Murder City. This is the one that you're quite fond of.
2: Exactly, yeah. I yes. think for a long period of time, this was my favorite song from the album. Um, I'm not sure why. I, I can't really put my finger on exactly what it is. I still really like it. It's not my favorite anymore. But it's just got... It's very straightforward. It doesn't really... No frills, you know. Just a straightforward rock song, I guess. Yeah, and they, they
0: actually played this live when we saw them.
2: Yeah, I was stoked. I wasn't expecting it. I don't think this is a, a big favorite of anyone's, really, for the most part. But
0: um, yeah, it's probably the only time we could have seen it was on the 21st Century Tour. Exactly. Yeah, I, I can't imagine they're going to be
2: trying to play this all the time.
0: Um, I, I don't know if you remember, they had like the projection of a gas mask with a static in the eyes.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, right? I, I do remember that. Yeah um and i'm glad that you wrote this down i i was reminded about this by you um he when we were on tour or when they were on tour and we saw them he uh said to throw your hands up if you're tired of your boss your job or being stuck behind a computer hearing and seeing the same recycled song shows commercials and being bombarded with the corporate political and religious messages every hour of the day at every corner then he said he was sick of it too and uh, it never seems to end because we live in the static age.
0: And then, and then they blast into the song. Mm-hmm. Quite a setup, and it's true. And I, and I, and that. I mean, if that doesn't add perfect context to the song, like that tells you everything. Yeah, that you need yeah. to know. Um, yeah, this is a great one. I think the drums are fantastic. This really does feel like an American Idiot outtake. It does. You know, it does. Um, yeah, in the best way. In the best way. Yeah. The chorus is also very similar to Church on Sunday. I, I don't know if you've... I, yeah, no, I, I, I
2: totally agree. I kind of didn't notice that until, you know, a lot later on. But it, it sounds very similar for sure.
0: Obviously, that's a great song off of uh, Warning, uh, mm-hmm. Green Day's own. So they're, they're cannibal... Hey, if you want to cannibalize yourself, I'm not going to stop you. Yeah, right? yeah. And I remember reading that Static Age was actually a late addition to the album. That is... Um, yeah, I wonder they- why. They Well, they had so many songs that they were playing around with and all these different versions of the album. Mm -hmm. And I guess this one was added um, maybe a month or two months before the actual release, like, you know, very close to before they started pressing, Mm -hmm. which is, uh, you know, it's funny because it's it's one of our favorites. So I'm so glad that they. Exactly. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That's how I feel. And,
0: you know, that that was track 15, The Static Age gonna bring us to one that y'all probably know oh yeah maybe one of the only ones y'all probably
2: know this is 21 guns the wake me up at when september ends of 21st century i know right it's so yeah (laughs) it's so clear dude
0: i used to always say that this was the boulevard of broken dreams oh i think you're right i could see both i could see both though definitely the chord progression is the same Mm -hmm. in a minor in a minor chord as uh, boulevard
2: interesting okay yeah yeah yeah
0: oh I'm sorry it's not even a minor they're both in minor chords it's just in a different key but it's the same four chord progression
2: that is so funny oh my god yeah
0: I always thought that but you're right Wake Me Up When September Ends strong vibe to that here as well yeah
2: yeah Um, obviously major success I think everyone knows that Um, it was released to radio single yeah second single um, released to radio stations on May 25th of uh, 2009, and it was a success on the Billboard 100, peaking at number 22. Um, honestly, that's not even as high as I thought maybe it would have been. No,
0: I mean it was a success, but th- I mean this album, and you can tell this is why what I mean when I think they kept releasing singles after previous singles didn't chart as high as they wanted to. Yeah, yeah. Though these are not the numbers that American Idiot was pulling mm-hmm. singles-wise. And this was, I think, uh, inarguably the large, the biggest hit from this album. Yeah. No question. Yeah. It it. it did only peak at number 22. Yeah. So the Uh, album peaks number one all over the world, but the singles themselves actually didn't get that high. Mm hmm.
2: Mm hmm. Yeah. It's sort of interesting. Uh, I don't know why it
0: And it's kind of sad, too, that this was actually the last time, uh, Green Day was in the top 40.
2: Yeah. I was shocked to read that, too. I, I did not realize that really. Um.
0: It's kind of sad, but
2: it makes sense, you know?
0: And I guess, I guess, Oh Love from Uno got in there for a second,
2: but, but we all,
0: Oh Love didn't do any business. Yeah. It wasn't in the top 40. Yeah. Which is crazy to think that they've released so many albums since then. And, and it's, you know, to us Green Day fans, it seems like they've, you know, keep going, but it is funny to look back and be like, wow, the last time they're actually relevant on the Billboard chart was uh, 2009.
2: Exactly the right way to put it. Yeah. The last time they're really relevant to, mainstream music i'd say yeah um and i think we'll all probably remember this quite well that they were uh featured on the soundtrack for transformers i uh I, revenge of the fall is oh, yeah. that the second one or something or the third one? i
0: think i i'm not sure i honestly don't i know. don't know anyway franchise too well i just
2: remember that very clearly like being very hyped that green day was in like this very popular movie you know um, oh that's funny i just yeah, like, played during the
0: credits right
2: i think so yeah
0: yeah um but probably after some Linkin Park song.
2: <laughs> I thought it was like right away, like right when the movie ended or something. Or maybe. Oh, cool. I don't know. I honestly I don't remember. Sure. Yeah.
0: One thing that I actually uh, was shocked to learn to know that uh, the songwriter John Phillips has a writing credit uh, on 21 Guns because of a similarity in the verse melody to his 1967 song San Francisco, parentheses, be sure to wear flowers in your
2: hair. Interesting. I have not yeah. heard that song. Have you?
0: I, I I looked it up. I listened to it because of this. Uh, mm-hmm. He is one of the. I'll just say, first up, I'm going to say this. I didn't hear it. It's a very pretty song. A very pretty song. It's it's 60s, uh, you know, folk pop song. Yeah. Um. I don't really. I did. Usually, I'm. I'm. I didn't hear it. That's all. I'm sure there's some similarities. I did not hear it. I will say this though. John Phillips apparently had allegedly had an incestuous relationship with his daughter. Ooh. Uh, for 10 years uh he was one of the singers from the mamas and the papas and wow. uh okay. apparently had a really messed up personal life jesus um, christ i didn't i didn't know that i didn't want to know any of this yeah yeah but I, I i just it was this little factoid about green day in the writing credit and i dug into it and i was like mm-hmm. oh god oh god <laughs> what have i
2: uncovered so <laughs> yeah
0: yeah i felt felt irresponsible not to mention it um
2: yeah <laughs> <laughs> so it's, isn't it
0: nice that his estate is getting uh, money for twenty one guns um, yeah, and the music video was once again for this song uh was directed by mark webb mm-hmm. it's uh the band I think this was the biggest video as well I think it so was the band yeah. playing uh as uh, their versions of Christian and Gloria hide out and police shoot up the uh the room they're in Yeah, everything's destroyed, but no one's hit
2: yeah i yeah I don't really doesn't make a lot of sense, the video, but I will say it's pretty, like, it's like visually appealing. Yeah. I'm not um, crazy
0: about the video, yeah. but I, I, like, I like the part of them showing the band playing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I guess that part's <laughs> I don't, I don't part's need already. the other part. Yeah. This is actually the first, or the third video, pardon me, to feature uh, Jason White performing with the band. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was also in the video for Wake Me Up When September Ends and Working Class Hero. But very cool here. They're kind of acknowledging him as like, yeah, Jason's always playing with us. Yeah, he is in the video
2: playing with us. That is cool. I I dig that. Overall, I would say it's a good song, but I think it's overrated.
0: I mean, I don't think I think it's properly rated now. I think people there was a lot of blowback to the song. I feel (laughs) similar to 21 Guns like I do Boulevard Broken Dreams. I think both are are
2: similarly overrated, probably. Yeah.
0: It's like when the album first came out, I was like, oh, cool. And I listened to it a bunch. And I was like, 21 Guns is a fine track. Yeah. But then they released it as a single, like right away after the album came out. And Mm -hmm. it just became the hit. It became overplayed. It became the only one that got any proper airplay on this album. Yeah, I would agree. And, uh, and And it... I think it hurt as a Green Day fan, right? Because then all the a bunch of kids would go, "Oh yeah, I heard that. I heard Twenty One Guns." What I know, and fan, you're like, right? "That is not representative. Come on." And you be like, "You did not hear the whole album." Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh,
2: no, I, I definitely felt that way quite a bit as well.
0: So I feel like because of that, there's a lot of like self resentment. Even if you kind of liked the song at first, there's a lot of resentment as to it was weaponized against us. Exactly. Twenty One Guns. I feel that the Twenty One Guns were pointed at us. <laughs>
2: Jesus, that's no. strong, but, but true, true.
0: Yeah. And of course the title, by the way, 21 guns is to represent a 21 gun salute. Yes. Uh, yeah. Really acknowledged, uh, whatever. Okay. So it's, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. They would just started playing here though. It was a real ambitious track. I would say this is their attempt at homecoming. I would agree. It's yeah. Track 17, American eulogy. A mass hysteria B
2: modern world. Yeah. And before Welcome either of those, parts. also, there's sort of like a reprise of um, Song of the Century with some, some alterations.
0: That's right. Kind of calling back everything. Um, I think this should have been the end of the album. I, to- the I you just said listed. the
2: exact same thing when I was listening to this. I was like, why is this not the last song on the album? Um, but we'll get to that when we it's- listen to the next track. But
0: Yeah, but it starts with the end. I love that. It starts with the that little refrain from the top track yeah uh, song of the century and then it pops into mass hysteria here yeah and, and Billy said about this it swirls all the information that's going on in the record around in an emotional blender mm-hmm. at the end it's going to sound like a wall of TV screens it's sensory overload and uh I mean, maybe that's a bit dramatic, but I overall, I agree, this does end up, this song does pack a punch by the end.
2: I think so. Yeah, I think it, it does the job it was intended to do. Um, yeah. I won't act like it's my favorite song, it's not really, but I, I think it's it's well-placed, it like serves a good purpose, it's not a bad song. Like, I, I think overall, it makes sense.
0: I agree. I agree. It's cool. Uh, the only time that Mike gets to sing on this album is uh, he sings the verse on Modern World, mm. which is fun. Um, and, but before we get to that, let's address the elephant in the room. Uh, Billy does drop the N-word during this song.
2: I know. I actually didn't realize until I read the lyrics. I was pretty surprised. It's, oh, you didn't realize?
0: I've known for the longest time, and I've always, it's just crazy to me. I know. I've always, in the back of my head, I've been like, Billy got away with it. I can't believe it. I know. Nobody
2: really says anything about it at all. Um.
0: When I say got away with it, like, you know, I, I have no desire to say it at all. I don't think Billy does... Either. Yeah, I don't think uh, it's it's, 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 it's within do it the context.
2: In a, yeah, and it's in a of, quote uh, too, sort of. Yeah, I think I think for many so reasons. So the he,
0: the lyric is the class of war is hanging on a wire because the martyr is a compulsive liar. When he said it's just a bunch of black friends throwing gas into the hysteria, <laughs> um, and. You know, so again, it's just like when he says the F-A-G word and American idiot and stuff, yeah. it's always quoting someone who's throwing it back in a hateful way.
2: Yeah, exactly. He's sort of really teasing, maybe teasing's not the right word. Um expressing his distaste for a certain group of people who would use that word in a insulting way. Exactly. Exactly.
0: And trying to trying to speak from the right side of that argument. Yeah. It's it's one of those things I don't think they would ever do it today. Um, and I don't. Yeah, I don't think it would be okay. <laughs> it's, it's 2009. It's not that long ago. I know. Like Things have
2: changed now. quite a bit actually in that time.
0: And but it, but I remember even at the time I was like, whoa. <laughs> I used to I used to be able to sing along to of Green Day. Yeah, you know, more yeah. or less. And now, oh. Yeah, you got to sense uh, yourself all of a sudden. I can't. Big risk, and it's it's again for this very reason. I don't see them performing this one live. Yeah, I I wouldn't uh, again anytime true. soon. Yeah um even though it is uh, the rest of it's a rocking song it uh, is you know I would, I would be fun to see it live but uh yeah what a big swing i i just wanted to mention it just what a big swing billy joe armstrong yeah true
2: uh and, and like again
0: i i I don't have the right to be offended and i'm not really but i'm just it's just fascinating
2: to. Me. it's surprising absolutely yeah
0: it's certainly surprising <laughs> um kind of i guess uh interestingly enough uh Trey Kuhl cool said that they were recording the drums to this song uh, the night of the election in November 2009 when Barack Obama was elected president.
2: Interesting, uh, okay.
0: Amazing, and and so Trey was saying that they would, like, uh, it was pretty insane, we were running in and out and telling Butch, yeah, we got another state. It's the kind of fitting, especially if Obama would have lost, we have been trying to start a revolution if McCain had won. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that what a yes, and you can feel that the manic energy in this song. Yeah. Yeah. Especially modern world. I don't wanna live in the modern world.
2: Yeah. And while that song is repetitive, which is something I have a problem with throughout this album, um I right. would say I really like I actually do really like modern world. I think I think the overall idea or message or whatever is is I mean, even though this was what, eleven years ago you're saying, I mean I think it's mm. to today still very applicable. Um uh, Completely, it, yeah. it,
0: more than ever, and uh, yeah, I agree. I think the song builds really nicely. Um, by the end, uh, it, it should be over, but we're not quite done, are we?
2: Yeah, no. This we have one left. This last song. Well, okay, let's get let's let's start listening
0: to it. <laughs> this is track 18. Thanks for hanging out, everybody. It's been a long road, but you know we didn't write the album, all right? Yeah, we're just trying to cover it. Talk to, to those GD GD see boys. the light, see the light by these Oakland trio, these GD guys. They they couldn't help themselves they had to do one more who intro Mm -hmm. yeah this is essentially the same chords as a 21st century breakdown title Mm -hmm. track
1: Mm
2: -hmm. i yeah i'm not really sure why they did the exact same intro first of all um i just it feels kind of um this is one of the songs that's trying too hard like I agree. It's trying to be something that is just it feels di- like not genuine basically. Um, I
0: completely agree. Um
2: I yeah, I don't know. So, from
0: Billy's from Billy's point of view, he said that this was the kind of the end of the character's journey, whatever the fuck that was. Yeah. Uh talking about that they've it's about disillusionment, you know, in the American dream, mm-hmm. right? Uh, And this is I just want to see the light I want to believe in something bigger But like having just realized Having just learned that it doesn't exist Um, The American dream is dead Uh, Billy said I like to consider myself a spiritual person That there's some kind of higher power But then there's a culture And religious wars done in the same But then there are religious and cultural wars Done in the name of God That's the manipulation The hard part of it is when someone has blind faith there's no arguing with them. You can't mm-hmm. reason with them, and they don't even respect your opinion. By the time you get to the final song, you're trying to find a deeper
2: meaning in yourself. So that's
0: how he views the song.
2: It's interesting. I I don't really get it, honestly. <laughs> it's kind of yeah, hard to, it's I, kind I, of hard I, to follow I, that that reasoning. Um
0: I mean, I get what he's trying to say. I just don't think it's very effectively done. Yeah. Um I think one thing that really doesn't help is these, the repetitive chorus here. It's that same thing of just repeating the same line four times. Yeah, it gets really old. It does. I, I, I remember I would often get through this album. I would hit American Eulogy, and then I would honestly skip See the Light. Often. Really? Wow. Yeah. It's sad, because an American Idiot, What's-Her-Name is, I'd say, the strongest closer they've ever written. Mm-hmm. And
2: uh, See the Light, I think, is one of the weakest. I totally agree. Yeah, I totally agree. It's it's weird. It's really weird. Um, Honestly, the song overall, like even if you moved it to a different part of the album, I don't really think it adds anything to the overall album.
0: I agree. No, I mean, I mean, should we just get into it? Is that is that twenty first century breakdown? I
2: think so. Yeah. Let's. That was an unceremonious end. But um, let's let's talk about it. What would you, Chris? What would you cut? What would you keep? How would you rearrange this?
0: Um. Yeah. That's a that's a tough one because I. Again as I said I listened to this album so much it became scripture to me. I could not imagine. I thought this was a perfect album. And now revisiting it as an as a as an older man mm-hmm. uh in my 80s I realize <laughs> there's is, there is a lot of fat that could have been trimmed. Yeah. Um and it and it does lack some direction I think unfortunately. Yeah. And it's just what we said at the top. I think it's trying to be American idiot, but bigger and better. And you just, it's, that's, that's not a way to set out to a successful project. No,
2: that's, that's impossible. Um,
0: yeah. So I guess I'll just go through it real quick and we can both, we can both go okay, uh, at the okay. same time. Uh, Song of the century. Keep. I like that. Yeah. I'd keep 21st century breakdown. Definitely I'd keep. Keep. Yeah. Yeah. Know your enemy. I would toss. Really? Yeah. I would keep it. I just wouldn't have it as a single. That's fair. Um, Viva La Glore. Oh, keep. Yes. Before Lobotomy, I would definitely keep. Absolutely um, keep. Yeah. Yes. Christian's Inferno. Toss It, probably. I think I might cut that. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
2: Last Night on Earth. Uh, Definitely keep that, yeah. Definitely keep. Beautiful. Of course, yeah. Um, what if that was the closer? Oh, that um, would be... Well, the thing is, I do think American eul- Eulogy would be a good closer. though. Yeah, it's good. No, we'll keep that. Uh, East yeah. is Nowhere, though. What do you think um, about that? I would keep that. I would keep that. I would maybe I keep alter I it I a keep little bit. Peacemaker. Yeah, definitely keep Peacemaker. Oh, here we go. Last, last the American Girls. I would still keep it, but I understand if you wouldn't. I I think I would
0: keep it in hind. You know, like now, I I don't regret it. I like it. Yeah, Murder City, I would definitely keep. Keep. How do you yeah, feel on that one? I would. Keep would? It, okay. Yeah.
2: Definitely. Viva La Glore, little girl. I would keep that for sure. Okay. Restless heart syndrome. Honestly, I'm not sure. I'm sort of on the fence about that one. Oh, my God. I know. I'm so sorry. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'd probably That's keep okay. it, though. You <laughs> it. I'd keep it. That's fine.
0: Horseshoes and hand grenades.
2: I would probably toss that. I I, I used to think that that
0: was the shit, and I might, I might feel the same right now. Mm-hmm. There's just too much, you're right, there's too much of that energy. You need to have an East Jesus Nowhere or a horseshoes, and handkerchiefs. Yeah,
2: goods. yeah, I think so. You, you kind of, it's,
0: with, with, it, with it, it's 18 tracks long, for Christ's I sake. I know, you um, gotta
2: cut something, right?
0: Uh, the Static Age, I know you'd cut that, right?
2: <laughs> no. No, that's your favorite. <laughs> of course favorite. Not. of course not. It's not my favorite, but it's up there. 21 guns I'd keep it but I wouldn't be happy about it
0: (laughs) I know that's a lot of these where it's like I keep it just because I know it so well but yeah uh, 21 guns might be one I actually I don't know you might cut that Um, really maybe I don't know American eulogy keep it I would maybe cut it wow just to protect Green Day's legacy (laughs) Um, and then see the light I would 100% cut
2: yeah definitely cut that yeah so yeah. that's a good few cuts. I would say that would bring. Yeah, track I think down if you to, could get it
0: down to fifteen, fourteen tracks, that's yeah. much more
2: palatable. Absolutely, and yeah. maybe maybe the three acts thing is a little silly too. I'm not sure that they really mean anything, honestly.
0: I'm with you there, actually, my
2: friend. It, um, it
0: makes it feel like there's more intention to things than there are. That's exactly right.
2: Yeah. Overall, overall, not a bad album. I think they just tried to like. Like 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 we were saying. I think they tried too hard. They I don't know. They, it it wasn't as genuine as American Idiot. I, I agree. think is, is what it comes down to for me.
0: American Idiot was stemmed out of like failure. Yeah. And yeah. the fear of not being a band anymore. And this was born out of like the the highest success they've ever had.
2: Yeah. Let's copy ourselves because that was. So and great. and we
0: have nothing but time and money.
2: Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know? and, yeah. yeah. And
0: it shows. Yeah. That's all. any, any of any final thoughts, my friend.
2: I think that's about it. No, I think I'm good. How about you?
0: Okay. I mean that, that. I think we've we've said it till we're blue in the face. Yeah, we've said it till we're black and red in the face. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to Redundant, the totally original Green Day podcast. Please follow us on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Podomatic. Please download, listen, like, rate, leave a review. As we've said at the before we are giving away a pair of hella mega Tour tickets to see Green Day Weezer and Fallout boy to the top review on our Apple podcast page and uh, you know if that doesn't end up happening it's uh, you know don't worry about it the tickets are real and it's it's everything's fine the money's there don't worry <laughs> they said the account was open um, uh, we're also on uh, Gmail uh, you can write us at redundant day pod at gmail.com or check out our clips on YouTube. That's redundant, the totally original green day podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh on YouTube to share
2: clips with your friends. What's that Twitter, my friend we Or also on Twitter at um redundant at Green Day Pod. Um and yeah, please uh please don't hesitate to reach out. Reach
0: out um and just you know just if you've got like a weird growth on your back or something, just tweet that pick out to uh the twitter
2: we'll talk to and, our and uh colin house in-house, in-house dermatologist they will that's right provide guidance mm-hmm. yeah that is it
0: a skin tag or is it more concerned? we'll get the answers for you don't even worry yeah okay?
2: your one-stop shop uh, all your health one-stop needs. shop
0: for everything green day and uh dermatology related mm-hmm. thank you so much folks we are back in the new year happy new year 2020 this is redundant the totally original green day podcast and please remember I'm a victim of my symptom. I am my own worst enemy, Colin.
2: You're a victim of your symptom. Know
0: Know your your, enemy. (laughs) Know your enemy. Thank you. And remember to keep it on Redundant, the Totally Original Green Day podcast. We'll see you next week with more GDGD.